Life is full of what ifs. Some awesome, like what if AI could fold your laundry? And some, well, less awesome, like what if you have unexpected medical costs? United Healthcare can help get you covered with Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans. They supplement your primary plan to help you manage out of pocket costs. No deductibles, no enrollment periods, and especially no more what ifs. Visit uh1.com to find the Health Protector Guard plan for you. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. In my 27 years as a Victorian policewoman, I investigated everything from a stolen bicycle to a stolen life. Policing taught me a lot about human nature, which I explore in my podcasts with a variety of fascinating guests discussing the human side and impact of crime, not only on their lives, but mine as well. My podcasts are not suitable for children and some adults for that matter. If you find yourself affected by my subject matter, please contact Lifeline or any other support, service or person that you feel comfortable with. My guests provide their recollection of an event or incident, sharing their thoughts and their emotions, but it's theirs and not everyone will agree with them. I understand that and I hope you do too. Thank you. They mentioned that this court case is going to take about 10 years and I'll possibly will have to go through two trials. And I'm like, no, and I'm, you know, I was fighting it. Uh, Hello, everyone. Uh, Just a bit of a heads up. The next couple of weeks won't be easy listening for many or most of you. I interview a woman uh, who was raped, abducted, tortured, and locked in a cupboard. We've left out a few pieces of information which I just felt was too graphic to share uh, and the usual warnings apply. Okay, thanks. Last week, I introduced you to Gloria Anderson, possibly the most forgiving person I have ever met, but also one of the most courageous and brave. So just to recap... Gloria has got every reason in the world to think that the world was or is a very dark, cruel place to belong. But it's just not in her nature to think like that. Gloria worked in a soup kitchen, helping those less fortunate who couldn't afford life's basics, you know, like food, shelter and safety. Her faith drove her to provide what she could to these people, many of whom were lost and lonely. Gloria would have been a shining light to those who came into that soup kitchen. Gloria saw the goodness in many, including Darren, a regular client who'd lost his job, his home and his self-worth. Yet Gloria provided shelter for him and kindness beyond kindness. Darren became attracted to Gloria, but Gloria made it abundantly clear that the feeling wasn't reciprocated. But Darren didn't take that news well. 
Feeling rejected and angry, he bound and raped her. He tortured her, then abducted her, putting her bound and gagged into the boot of her own car, which he drove to a New South Wales motel, where he again raped and tortured her and locked her in a cupboard. Gloria managed to escape and alert the owners of the motel, and it's there where you'd think Gloria's nightmare may have ended, but it continued. Because of laws which wouldn't allow Gloria to give her evidence once and once only to a court, Gloria had to give evidence at trial in two separate states for the offences committed upon her in that state only, as the respective laws wouldn't allow her to give her evidence just the once. It just seemed to be, and it is, uh, about fairness to the accused, with what I would regard as almost um, total disregard to the victim. And in saying that, though, I'm not sure how you'd fix that because different states have different laws, uh, different police rules and regulations. Surely there must be some way that Gloria could have been saved the trauma of giving her evidence time and time again. And, okay, maybe... Uh, Gloria's situation has been and gone as in giving evidence, but surely we can help other people who have been in similar situations to Gloria from having to give evidence in two separate states. Just seems so unfair, doesn't it? But on top of all this, Gloria's faith has somehow managed to allow her to forgive Darren, maybe even feel a bit sorry for him. Part two and the conclusion of my interview with Gloria follows. Thank you. Take care and have a good week. How did you find the whole police process? Did did you feel that like were they uh, did they explain what they were doing, uh, why they were doing it? Like were you uh, kept in the loop, so to speak, or it was mixed. Uh... First detective was a local detective, uh, so he 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 was he was you know very understanding and and mm. I don't know at some point I was you know in life of Brian on only look at the bright side of life bright side of life I was singing yeah. that he, he looks at me he's like how can you sing that I was like I could be dead and he's like yeah <laughs> so. Yeah. No, no, sorry, Gloria, I'm sorry to interrupt, but that is a really interesting uh, example of what I say often about how victims will always react differently. There is no textbook reaction. Now, there is a perfect example of a victim having gone through what you've gone through, and I'm sorry, it almost sounds funny, and you're singing. Yeah. always look on the bright side of life like (laughs) I just I can see it and I think there'd be a few detectives looking at one another thinking we've got one here (laughs) yeah definitely I I definitely got you know some giggles out of some but at the same time I guess you know me being a community worker they kind of understood if that makes sense because it's yes you are a police officer but we're kind of doing the same thing. It looks different, you know. We're still serving yeah, the community, yeah. so I, I guess there was a little bit of. Uh, I felt there was more understanding in some ways, and they would they would share, they would talk. Uh, some places I I asked, I was like, "What's happening?" But I guess 
uh, like I said, Yang was a, such a small town. Just, oh, yeah. uh, you know, gone in a panic mode with such a big crime scene, you know, right at the doorstep. Um, so I think they were, yeah, doing damage control more than anything. Even in the hospital, uh, you know, they didn't have, uh, like I said, didn't um, um, trying to find clothes for me was a bit of an issue. They couldn't find any women's clothes after, you know, they took all my clothes for evidence. Um, and so, yes, I was photographed. The initial forensics was all done there, but then they took to uh, Canberra for the examination. Um, okay. Yeah. And from Canberra onwards, that's when the, uh, what do you call, uh, the police from Sydney sort of uh, took over the sex crime uh, side of things. Yeah. So, yeah, that was that. Um. Uh- and so the you you the police process you found um, was pretty good. Uh, yes, uh, initial. Uh, I had a. I guess majority of my police process was with uh, with Sydney um, police crime, uh, what they call sexual crimes uh, squad. What do you, I don't know what they call there. <laughs> uh, the yeah. team there. Uh, Ross Murphy. Uh, he ran my um, ran my investigation. Uh, he was such an amazing guy. I swear. Like you know, just always, always just happy to answer any question, any anything. He, Ross Murphy was amazing. Absolutely amazing. I believe he's retired now. Um, okay. And. Uh, yeah, so the the they were just like you know any even all through the time uh, through the Sydney trial, like I could you know literally had on speed dial. I could contact them for any question, and they were very 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 good. Um, I have like I had a very very good uh, what do you call uh, informant. Informant, yeah, there were a couple of people actually because there were. Co- in the team taking they were taking turns to do the statement because my statement took about five days i was just going to ask i've got here i've just written a little note for myself statement (laughs) yeah and you know that's another thing is um you know people don't and of course they wouldn't you know but the public to take um, a statement of this um, number one the seriousness and the magnitude but it, it does take a long time because it's all about, you know, what happened then? Tell me how you felt. How did that happen? Explain. Tell me everything, you know. So I, it doesn't surprise me that your statement took five days. Yeah. We started at nine, mm. finished at five. One day we finished at eight, I think. Uh, yeah, just drawing and then they would take turns because I I remember even uh, one of, uh, I forget the, uh, detective's name. Um, she was she was writing the statement. She goes, "How are you still for so forgiving?" <laughs> it's like, "Was it isn't your nature?" And she wrote it down in the statement. Like, yeah, she was like trying to you know get her head around. Was like, "You crazy woman!" And I'm like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah I am." Yeah, and and I and I get that because <laughs> that's what I see. In fact, my first sentence says. Gloria Anderson has to be the most forgiving person on this earth. 
<laughs> so it's not just that policewoman that thinks that. Don't worry. Oh, uh, I could tell, you know, her you know, wheels were turning. She goes, like, you crazy. It's like he, he was doing all this before and you still let him go and, you know, and whatever she was thinking, I don't know. But you could you could tell. And I was like, that's a bit odd in the middle of the statement. But she did put it in. <laughs> so there you go. <laughs> hey, did you put in the statement that you were singing um, Always Look on the Bright Side? No, of no. no. <laughs> so that happened later. <laughs> How could that I'm, oh, right up, right up. Uh, so, uh, I'm writing a book, so hopefully I can maybe write all of that in detail. Uh, the, oh. the aftermath, because, you know, you only put in the statement, the story part of it, not the aftermath. So, you know, that. Yeah, that's, yeah, uh, yeah. And, and, and so, Gloria, you uh, obviously spend um, a, a lot of time with the police in Sydney. Mm-hmm. Uh, doing all the investigations. What's going on? Do you know at that point what's going on in Melbourne? Do, so, are the Sydney police contacting the Melbourne police about the crime scene there? And yeah. like, were you updated with that? Yeah. So, what's happened by then? Uh, I, I was driven back to Young. So the uh, so the team came from Sydney and they they basically you know uh, based themselves in uh, Young while for the statement and all that procedure. And um, as soon as they found out, uh, while I think so, while I was in the hospital, um, my ex had, because my ex had the kids. It was during the weekend, so my ex had the kids, and he was supposed to drop the kids off on Sunday, and that didn't happen. So he came on Monday morning, and he's gone. Okay, this is a bit weird. The house looks a bit weird. Gloria is not here. He, you know, he had, a, uh, and he's like sort of gone. Okay, that's not normal. You're not in my mm-hmm. nature. Um, and then by evening, he's like freaking out. Okay, he's like hasn't heard anything. He's contacted, you know, our coordinator at, from the soup kitchen. He's contacted other people. You know, he's like nowhere to be seen. And that, and so that night, he actually called the station, uh, police station, and file for missing person. And by this time, uh, they had already set up a crime scene at my place by evening. And uh, so, yeah, so that was that was happening. So th- so I kind of find, found out. And because I was trying to remember my ex's phone number, I couldn't remember they were, because they were saying, who can you contact? Because I don't have any family or anybody. So I was like, and my ex, my kids, they're the only people I could think of. And I was like, do you remember the number? I'm like, no. <laughs> so, when, no. so when he called the um, called the station, so they were like, oh, good, we got the number. <laughs> so that's sorted. Uh, <laughs> so, yeah, and uh, even, even the – I remember him mentioning um, when he called, he says, oh, I'd like to follow, you know, missing person's report, and then – they men- he mentioned my name and he go- and the officer who p- picked up obviously knew what was happening. He goes, can you give us two minutes? He literally hung up and called him back. Oh, yeah. And he goes, oh, yeah. Are you confirming, you know, who, who is he? And so he's mm-hmm. like, oh, by the way, we found Gloria and she's blah, blah, blah. Oh. And they've explained that to him. What, what a terrible thing for you former husband to find or what a terrible way but but also it sounds like you have a very healthy uh am I right a healthy relationship with your former your ex-husband former husband yes um we've got a yeah 
civil, you know, friendly uh, relationship. I, you know, I'm still in touch with my in-laws. My mother-in-law still comes and has coffees and teas with me. So, yeah, we're still, uh, still, still a family, you know. And you know, I still have, you know, we, my kids are still their grandkids and nieces and nephews. I can't take that away from them. Uh, what's happened between me and my husband? That's our issue. It's you know, it's not the kids' fault. So. I I believe they should not suffer because of our, you know, misunderstanding, or not misunderstanding, what's the word? Our disagreements and our, you know. Yeah, yeah. Our, um, yep. Uh, our, our uh, and, Gloria, and, and Gloria, so uh, you then, so you've given your statement, uh, they've got Darren in custody, uh, you've got the two crime scenes, uh, well, the two main crime scenes. Yeah. There'd obviously be quite a few secondary crime scenes, but let's um, uh, stick with those for the minute. So you then tell us about, can you explain to the listeners about your dealings with the court system Um and I don't know if we've actually said when this happened, Gloria. What year was this? Uh, this happened in July 2011. And, uh, yeah, I can never forget my escape date. It was 4th of July, American Independence Day. <laughs> oh, so, yes, right. Literally, <laughs> I have a bit of a giggle about that. Um, the day your independence was stripped. Yeah. Um, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, can you tell us about the court system? Because I think uh, I would imagine most listeners would think, um, "How could this woman?" Because in my introduction, I obviously talk about the fact that you've got to give, yeah. you had to give the evidence twice. Can you? And like I don't know, seven years apart or something. Yeah. Can you tell us or take us through what happened in the court systems? Yeah, uh, initially they uh, uh, they were going to have the trial in Wagga uh, because Young was you know the first major city I guess closest city was Wagga, and then I actually went and met the lawyer there, and then after that it was transferred to Sydney because apparently Wagga was too small. Uh, for a yep. case like uh, ours. And um, so that trial happened in 2013 in Sydney. And, yeah, I had to go there back and forth to give evidence. Uh, first. So Darren obviously pleaded not guilty. Yes, he pleaded not guilty. Yep. Um, I, th- I remember the first time hearing his version of events. I remember just like, that was, you know, punch in the stomach, that was like literally another one. I just, I couldn't fathom in some ways. I guess I see, I guess probably because in my nature, I see good in people, so I can't see the evil people Mm -hmm. can do, if that makes sense. I'm trying to explain. And so like to, to, to hear his events, you know, how the things, uh, story unfolded, I remember just feeling so bad, like just, I just, I just stopped and I just, you know, just howled literally in the, <laughs> when I left the room. What, what was he saying? Uh, I'm, I'm assuming he's saying it's all consensual and you loved it. Oh, yeah, it was all consensual. Yeah. Uh, apparently I freaked out because I thought I would get kicked out of the country. So I cooked, yeah, so I decided to cook up a story. We, we were all into, you know, you know, the sadistic yeah. sort of 
architectural stuff and yeah it was all my idea it was oh yeah so we were apparently the storyline went something along the lines of uh i wanted to take revenge um on on my ex so darren came up with a plan how to take revenge so revenge was we were going to go to orange i didn't even know where orange was but we were going to go to orange uh um get some drugs from orange and mail it to his work uh and he would get into trouble as if i wouldn't get in trouble <laughs> but he would get into yeah, trouble that's right. Yeah, but I, yeah, he wasn't quite. He wasn't quite thinking straight, no, no. Young, young Darren. Yeah. So and he's not a he's not a brain surgeon, not yet. Uh, and uh, and yes, and so, but I, I I freaked out. You know, I would get kicked out of the country, and so I ran to the police, and then I cooked up this whole story. So yeah, that that, that was his his, and I guess there's more details in it. But yeah, that's the. In a nutshell, yeah. that's that's what his story was. Um, yeah. And so, yeah, and actually we had first trial actually got, um, what do you call A mistrial? Yes, the first trial, had a, yep. we had a mistrial because uh, the his, his lawyer compromised the jury. So we had to start okay. all over again. Um, thankfully they had, because I was giving evidence through a video, um, so they had recorded, and so they played most of the evidence. Um, so I didn't have to, mm. you know, give it, give the evidence all over again. However, you were still um, cross-examined. I mean, yes. and I think for the listeners, just so they understand, when with um, giving video evidence, it's just what they call your evidence in chief. Yes, that you are that they can play the video, but um, you still have to answer the questions um, in you know under cross examination so you still get in the witness box and you just don't have to um, uh, detail like you have today for instance although in court it would be so much more detailed they would be asking you question after question after question oh my god anyway yes yeah, so um, uh, I interrupted yeah. but continue on uh, so yeah his his lawyer you know, I guess she knew did uh, didn't have anything to you know stand on, so to speak. <laughs> Such yeah. a black and white case if you look at it. Uh, so yeah. the next the next best thing she had was to mock me, and she will. You could see, you could hear that on the tone, and even the judge pulled her up actually uh, on the way she was asked questioning, asking me questions and different things. And she, they questioned my faith, you know, how, how can this be? And, you know, look, I'm not a good Christian because X, Y, Z happened or, you know, Mm -hmm. or whatever, uh, nothing to do with the story. Right. So they were trying to create a, you know, that was, you know, a whole, uh, Persona. They're trying to de- oh, what's the word? Degrade. Make um, yes, yeah. yeah, degrade you. Mm-hmm. And you know what? Really, there's a lot of things that really. Um, I was going to say shit me. Uh, I apologise. Okay. I know you, you don't swear. Um, I do. uh, but it's okay. <laughs> no, you actually do. I heard you swear the other day, which surprised me. Um, but. What really pisses me off is that the victim can be degraded, like you. 
you know, all this stuff can be brought up. Yeah. But there sits fucking Darren in the court just listening to it all, doesn't have to say a word. Oh, I tell you. Anyway, move on. Yeah, go on. That was, yeah, I think so that was the quite quite hard part. It's just like you have to prove your story constantly. Yeah. And and yep. and uh, you know, just again trying to play that fact that I liked him and I, you know, um mm. and that yeah. and and trying to play that and thus all this happened and, and mm. just, you know, he how wonderful he was and I mm. was how he was part of the family and you know. Yada yada yada, and oh, even, he, was a good, even, he was a great guy. Oh, uh, yeah. and even in the uh, one of his the closing statement, I guess he did say in Sydney. Uh, I the uh, Ross Ross told me Ross Murphy. He told me he's like he said something along the lines of, "Oh, I still care for her," and I was like, "Yeah, sure." <laughs> so just stuff like this, and it just boy. God help us if he says he can't stand somebody. I know. <laughs> oh, God. Uh, I still care for you. Right. Uh, He's got a skewed skewed uh, uh, look on the world if if he likes you and does that to you. My goodness. Oh. Definitely. Yeah. Uh, so, that, so that took about four and a half, five weeks in Sydney. And then um, I gave my impact statement there. And then I remember actually when I was first, uh, when I first returned and when I first met the detectives uh, upon my return to Melbourne from Young, um, they mentioned that this court case is going to take about 10 years and I, and I'll possibly will have to give the statement twice and go through two trials. And I'm like, no, and I'm, you know, I was fighting it. I just remember getting so mad. Yeah. But uh, did they explain why, Gloria? It, they just said because it crossed borders, and yeah, they can only try for what happened in Sydney, uh, you know, or what happened across the Murray, basically, and across on what happened in Victoria has to be tried in Victoria, even though the both the courts admit and state that it's a one continuous crime. So, but again, but when you're giving evidence in Sydney, you still go through the whole story right from day dot because that's where it started from Melbourne. Yeah. So you explain the whole lot and then do the all over again here in Melbourne. But then, you know, you're right. You're, you're right, Gloria. I'm just thinking to myself now. You're right. It was a continuous offence. It's not like. Um, you know, something happened in Melbourne and then a couple of months later yeah. he comes around to the house, abducts you. Like yeah. it is all continuous. But anyway, I again, I interrupt and I do apologise. So, so you give your evidence for the incidents that occur in New South Wales um, and that's for uh, the rape, the torture, everything else that happened, uh, for, as you say, over the Murray. Yeah. Um, and you've given you gave evidence twice because of the mistrial. So, what was the result of the Sydney court case? Uh, the jury came out literally in ninety minutes, uh, and he was <laughs> and yeah. it was black and white. Um, and uh, he was uh, what do you call? 
sentenced, sentenced for convicted, convicted whatever for uh, 11 years i believe and uh, and yeah and and then and then we had to wait for him to finish his sentence there and then he would be extradited to melbourne and then get tried all over again go through the system again and so you then had to give evidence a second time uh, seven or eight years later when he's been extradited from Sydney. Yes. Uh, so all those years later, uh, did they still play, did they play the video? Nope, nope. So this is what happened. So uh, me being me, I couldn't take that as an answer. <laughs> it, didn't, it didn't sit with me well that I had to wait 11 years. And I was like, yeah. uh, I'm sure there has got to be another way. So I... I guess, you know, that drive what because of what I do, you know, that's what drives me, you know, it's justice part of me that drives me to help people. You know, I see the injustice in the world. That's why I help people. And I guess it had switched, you know, in, in my case, it has come to this, uh, my own story. And so I actually approached Mark Dreyfus and I approached and I was like... Who is the Attorney General? He, at that time, he, uh, at that time, I believe he was the Shadow Attorney General. Oh, yes. Okay. Yep. And uh, and I approached and I went to his office and I, because he was the member, he was a federal member for my area. And I went to his office and I was like, I I know you can do, can't do anything about my case because my cases in the system, right? So you can't touch mine, but I believe this should not happen to anybody else. So I had a meeting with him and I put, you know, I shared my story and I, you know, I went to him and, and he agreed. I actually have even have letters that he says we can come, hopefully we can come to have some sensible solution so the victims don't have to, you know, go through two trials. And then he, uh, he, Actually, on I didn't ask him, but he actually uh, uh, contacted the attorney generals in Victoria and in New South Wales, and they actually uh, what do you call uh, fast track Darren's uh, extradition. Um, okay. Uh, before he finished his sentencing in Sydney, so he, yeah, so Mark, I like I'm so grateful for that. Otherwise, I would have, I would be yeah, yeah literally still getting over the court case now uh, because, you know, between 2011, because he got 11 years in Sydney, so he would have had to finish that and then come. And so when did you um, then give evidence in Victoria for the Victorian offences? So the court, uh, the date was set in 2018. uh, And uh, actually I got paired for, to give uh, evidence in um, Victoria, in Melbourne. But on the day we were supposed to go for the trial, he decided to uh, fake a heart attack. <laughs> and then the next day he was... Sorry, I was going to say you're kidding me, but you're not, are you? <laughs> no, uh, he did that in Sydney trial as well. Oh, God. Did he? Yes, okay. and the judge, judge, judge had, because I think the judge was seeing through the bullshit. Um, so, mm. so the judge basically said, if I can't have a doctor stand, uh, you know, stand in the courtroom and say he's sick and he's got this, he goes, he has to be here. 
and the, his his lawyer freaked out, and then he was there the next one. Fantastic! Month. I love it. Uh, but yeah. yeah, so he, uh, I remember Ross Murphy referring to him like a bush lawyer. So he sort of knew yeah. bits of it, but he made everything twice as hard. But he didn't know the full law. If that makes sense. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, um, yeah, it does. Yep. So, uh, he, uh, I'm, you're hearing my frustration. <laughs> he pulled, he pulled every trick in the book if you can think of. Yeah, yeah. And then the next day, he decided to plead guilty. And okay. <laughs> after like me preparing, you know, getting all the witnesses ready, everybody's ready to go. Yeah, yeah. And he decided to plead guilty, and then, but which I was spared, which I'm so very grateful for. But at the same time, I was mentally prepared. I had read through my statement all over again. But oh yes, you, you would. You'd have to, and you'd be, you know, you'd have meetings with the OPP. You'd have meetings with the police. It just would have gone on and on. Yeah, and uh, but I, I read my back statement. Uh, he read a he. Uh, his lawyer read out a letter, um, which was quite interesting, actually. Uh, he, which made, one thing that made me sort of made me sort of laugh. He wrote something along the lines of, uh, "It, it's the letter sounded like there were words put in together just to, just." because they were meant to be there, but they didn't mean anything, if that makes sense. It, it didn't have the flow. You know, if you're writing a genuine letter, you you can see the flow in the letter. This one had, it, there were just words there. That... Hey, I'm Ryan Reynolds. At Mint Mobile, we like to do the opposite of what Big Wireless does. They charge you a lot, we charge you a little. So naturally, when they announced they'd be raising their prices due to inflation, we decided to deflate our prices due to not hating you. That's right. We're cutting the price of Mint Unlimited from $30 a month to just $15 a month. Give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Life is full of awesome what ifs and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out of pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? Helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. Connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. They were meant to be there. That's it. And he said something along the lines of, um, 
I uh, I uh, I hope you can forgive me, and then and then hope I hope uh, things can go back uh, back to the way they were, and we can be friends. I was like, excuse me. <laughs> I just, I just reacted to that. Uh, as, as if it was a little blip, you know. Um, it, that's what it sounded like. I just cracked up. And there was absolute no remorse whatsoever. Um, and, uh, yeah, that was the end of that. And I knew there was no remorse. But then what confirmed me he had no remorse? He was sentenced. Uh, apparently he got... Actually, uh, the lawyer said he got one of the top 10 highest sentencing in the area. And, uh, but then he challenged, he challenged the sentencing again. uh, And then the judges slammed that one too. They were like, yes, they were again questioning the fact that, you know, he had never done this before. It was his first offense. But then the judge said, because the severity of the crime, you know, shows it was premeditated and it was not just just an episode of, you know, no. I had a no. bit of an anger spell, you know. Yeah, yeah. So what did he get in Victoria? What uh, was his sentence ultimately? I think if I am not wrong, I think 14 14 years was... Should have been, buddy, 40. Yeah, 14 was the minimum, I think. Uh, yeah, it was something along those lines. I I don't have the paperwork with me, so I can't remember. No, no, I, no. Again, you're not in court, so don't worry. That's okay. I, uh, <laughs> it might sound like it. Yeah. Uh, hey. Yes. Sorry. Yeah, you've, you've really, you've come out of this... Um, extremely passionate about certain deficiencies in the justice system. And in fact, you said something to me which really resonated with me last week. You said, quote, I am seeking justice even though justice was served, it still failed me. Definitely. That, That just... Oh, that resonated with me. And so there's the the two things you feel, uh, or can you tell us, the two things that have really stood out as um, uh, glowing deficiencies in our system? Definitely. Uh, I would first of all say I applaud, you know, the police men and women who've worked with me and have and are part of the system, they're doing their job, you know. They are working yes. between the lines they have been given, you know. The square box you have to work in and that's what they have. Um, so mm-hmm. I know it's not their fault. Um, I'm already aware, but I believe, however, our politicians, <laughs> they can change stuff. Um, yeah, and, they can. And, and, yep. and people can change stuff and, you know, we can – push our politicians to um, bring changes. So the first one is in a first world country like Australia, country that shouts justice, that shouts mental health, I think I feel completely failed. I was failed, you know, by the system. Mm. Um, Mm. I'm sure, yes, I do understand, recognize and respect that each state have their own laws 
each territory have their own laws. I respect that. But I'm sure that we can come to some compromise, some understanding where we can partner together and not put the victims through the mill uh, like I was. Uh, I don't, it does not make sense. No, it doesn't. And I said this in my, actually in my back statement, it, I felt like I was sentenced, you know, along with Darren, uh, you know, for the time, you know, the court case took place. He, he uh, by the way. But you were. Yes. You were. And I could not go anywhere. I had to, you know, if I was leaving the country, I had to inform just in case something happened, you know, like I was like I was on parole, you know. Um, my mother passed away during that time at, you know, when Darren was being sentenced, I had two weeks before that, uh, no, three weeks, I think I had, um, I had to decide whether I go for my mother. Uh, my mother was in the, she was admitted in the ICU, whether I go see my mother, dying mother, or whether I stay back and stay for the sentencing. And I had to, I remember sitting at the, uh, my, with my psychologist mm-hmm. deciding literally on the day, which one do I pick? And I decided I would go uh, see my mother. If she dies after that, then, um, at least I have a grave to visit, right? Um, but if Darren's court case, you know, happens, sentencing happens, I can't go re- revisit that. I can't recreate that uh, part. But that was important. Um, but my mother da- died on the on that day, very night. Uh, so I'll end up going for her funeral in 2018. Um, and I don't where, think... Where was your mum, ma- Gloria? Uh, she was in India. And... Like to be in that position, you know, having to decide my mother dying to go see my dying mother or my sentencing to choose that. And that would have been, you know, I wouldn't have, it wouldn't have had to come to that if all would have, you know, done and dusted by 2013 when we had the first trial. Um, So I was so angry and, you know, frustrated and mad and mm. just at the system I just I just it just didn't feel fair that uh, but it but it isn't it isn't fair Gloria no not just that it doesn't feel fair it isn't fair and and you're right politicians are the ones that can change laws I'm not saying like you're saying we're not saying it's easy no but mm. something has to no, but there's very few people that could come out of this like you have with such a a positive outlook because that would break most people, Gloria. Oh, it has broken me. You know? Trust me, my body. Yeah, I'm sorry. I, I, I shouldn't. Um, yeah, no, that, that's true, of course. But <laughs> uh, any stress, I you know, my body collapses before my brain does. So uh, I just had a massive episode of vertigo. It was just a little bit of stress. I was like, oh, here we go again. <laughs> so yeah, um, yeah, yeah. I think I, I don't know. My, mentally, I'm strong, but my body reminds me that I'm not strong. <laughs> So yeah. that's the best way. Yeah. You get reminded about it, don't you? Yes. And the older you get, the, the more it reminds you. <laughs> like, you're not 20. All right. Uh, um, but uh, 
uh, that's one part of the justice system. And the second one is uh, the actually I have written to uh, the uh, Victorian Attorney General as well, and I have not heard back. I just got a nice letter saying we have received your mail and that's it, um, which is uh, victims of crime assistance. So I victims of crime has been amazing. I They helped me, you know, refurnish my house because my whole house was a blinking crime scene. Um, oh, yeah, that's right. So, you know, they assisted, like, which I am so very, 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 very grateful but then uh, when it came to giving assistance for my mental health to see my psychologist to, you know, to stay alive, should I say, um, uh, that assistance stopped after six years. Apparently, Victorian has had a cap of six years. They wouldn't give you assistance uh, from the day of application. So 2017, uh, my uh, WOCAT stopped uh, helping me. And uh, I did get some assistance from New South Wales because, thank God for that, Mm. you know, there's goodness in the mess, you know, sometimes. (laughs) Um, Mm. Because uh, New South Wales had had a policy, they would assist a victim for 10 years. Now, which Victoria has also adopted since, but yeah, they like I was trying to tell Vocat my court case is still in the system. You can look my name up; it's still going. Uh, and why have you stopped assisting me? And they were like, "No, sorry, we have got a cap, and we can't do anything." That that, that was it. And well, I'm sorry, Gloria, but I'm sorry. I'm going to swear here, but that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> I, I do apologize. No. I'm get now. I'm getting angry, Gloria. No. <laughs> but I, I know legislation uh, can be changed, and surely a bit like the court system that we're talking about and the deficiencies there, surely there are um, uh, examples like yours that are one. You know, they're just so unusual. You can't tell me that they couldn't just extend one person, um, one person's uh, counselling and assistance. Yeah. Uh, oh no, I'm it, sorry. I, the, I I think there could be some flexibility somewhere. I'm sure. Yeah. Can, the, yeah. You know, I'm. You know, they are called. You know, the laws are amendments are called amendments because they can be amended. <laughs> so. Yeah. So that's mm. the whole thing, and it's not written on concrete. You know, this is it. This is this is the gospel, and that's mm. it. You cannot change it. Um, mm. And I'm sure there can be some, you know, consideration of special cases where they can take into account going. Okay, this is a different case. Yes, you know, some. I'm sure. I'm not discounting other people's trauma, but I'm sure. For certain cases, that you can extend a little bit more, and for a country that shouts mental health, we're doing jack shit about mental health. <laughs> Again, I'm sorry, but uh, but it just, just you make me feel better now that you've said that. <laughs> that's what I thought I would do. That. <laughs> yeah, uh, but it, it does not make sense. It absolutely like no. we, we cry mental health. We are you okay day and you know banners mm. and all mm. that. You know, 
loss and glory and leaflets and yeah, people who need it get it all. So it doesn't make well, sense. Well, let's hope that, that somebody is listening that um, can help in just doing something rather than just having that six-year limit and, you know, that's it. You can't tell me that it can't be amended or it can't be changed. I, um, did, I did receive a letter saying that they had extended to 10 years, but it's, it still didn't, you know, answer my, it didn't still help me. So I was like, thanks, but, you know, a bit too late. And, you know, now you can't assist me because it's crossed the 10-year limit. Um, and but, I, I but, but like, but, sorry, I felt like saying. No, no, you go. I felt like saying my court case took seven and a half years. How do you expect me to be fixed up or, you know, it's it's a lifelong thing, but I'm not asking for much. But can I at least ask for some, you know, uh, some sort of space to heal and to? Hmm. But but also, what what gets me too is that because you have um, persisted, you haven't taken that laying down six years. Oh well, I can't have any more. So you have that inner strength to fight and to send letters. But there's a lot of people that just can't be bothered. They're sick of fighting the system, mm-hmm. you know. And if there weren't more people like you, Gloria, that do um, uh, take people um, to task, well you know, things wouldn't change. So I think it's really, I, I take my hat off to you on so many levels in so many ways, Gloria. Um, Gloria, you've, I love this story that you've set up a charity out of deficiencies that you experienced during the forensic examination that you were required to undergo to hopefully obtain, um, well, they, they were doing this to, hope, you know, obtain further evidence for the crime committed on you, which was successful. They did find evidence in that forensic examination. Yeah. But it isn't until someone is unfortunate enough like you to have to go through this procedure that you realise there's some small improvements that could make the world of difference and you are doing that. Tell us about your charity and why. Um. Thinking of you, uh, which uh, sort of, again, came out of my frustration with the system. I was like, mm-hmm. unbeat the system. Maybe I can help, I can assist the system <laughs> to be better. Um, yep, you know, yep. um, like Gandhi said, be the change you want to see, you know. Um, yeah. And uh, so I started this charity thinking of you from one survivor to another. So, um, and... When I was going through, when I was in Canberra going through forensics, uh, I obviously uh, went to all my clothes and everything was taken away. I didn't have shoes anyway, right from Melbourne. But uh, my feet were my feet were freezing. It was so cold. July in Canberra, you, you can imagine how cold it is. Oh yeah, and yeah. I was bare feet. It's cold twelve. It's cold twelve months of the year. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Yeah, go on. <laughs> I'm trying to sort of emphasise it. July is a bit, bit colder than normal. <laughs> For a Melbourne, yeah. it's a bit colder. Um, and 
So I asked the doctors, like, my feet are absolutely freezing. Can you please, is there, you know, some, you know, hotel slippers, anything? Can you please find me something? And they, doctor was amazing. She scurried away and she found a pair of socks and and then she f- brought two Ziploc bags as shoes for my feet. And, yeah, so I wore that for a day or so. And, like, and I was like, you know, you've been through the system. You're already feeling horrible. <laughs> and then to be given a Ziploc bag for shoes, you're just feeling fantastic at the time. You're not. <laughs> um, yeah. So I was like, how can I make this better? How can I make this, you know, this experience better? I mean, you can't make it better, but at least bring some dignity to people. And so I started this. I actually called up Monash and I asked if I can, you know, donate some packages of clothes with you know undies socks and just a one pair of set of clothes and they said yes we are we are in desperate need and from that this uh, organization was birthed but uh yeah so we are um, we are dropping uh packages to domestic violence shelters to uh you know um here in melbourne sakaza and we drop, yeah, toiletries, toothpaste, toothbrush, hairbrush, uh, you know, anything you can think of at that time. Um, basic stuff. It's not much, but enough to give dignity, um, you know, to a person who's gone through such a horrible experience, at least feel human, you know. Um, the clothes I received from young when I was going through that, it was just they were secondhand clothes which were fine I'd have nothing against secondhand clothes I op shop all the time <laughs> but they were like at the tail end of secondhand <laughs> so you know it's just like they're just you're on the way out I just didn't, didn't really feel dignified if that makes sense so yeah yeah it does very much so so your packages are, are new clothes yeah and there's something that will make people that have been assaulted and all their clothes have had to be removed, you know, because obviously they need to be examined. So you provide clothing that isn't secondhand, yeah. that is warm, and it's called Thinking of You. Yeah. Uh, dot org, isn't it? Is that right? Uh, thinking of You. Dot org. Dot au. Uh, so you can have a look yeah. there. Um, yeah, but but that can be we can, and you know that is just such a oh, a beautiful sentiment, Gloria. Because the times that I have um, you know been in an examination with a victim of a crime, particularly a sexual assault, obviously, um, you know you hold their hand, um, but just to have some nice clean clothes it's not something I think when I was um, still a policewoman we we had packages but nothing like that it was just like oh can you grab me you know a wind cheater and a pair of you know yeah. tracksuit pants or something but um, I just think that's what lived experience does you know you have been through this it's not from a textbook this is I have been in this position, I was given, and again, I know you're not complaining, but, you know, you were given secondhand clothes, just something to keep you warm. How lovely would it feel 
just to have something new and maybe a bit of deodorant, maybe, as you say, a toothbrush, a brush. Um, I just love that idea, Gloria. Hey, Gloria, something that um, I can't help thinking about is you've spoken a bit about your kids. Yeah. Um, and you did say they've been a great support um, for you, not forgetting either your former husband yeah. who deserves a mention as well. Yeah. Can you tell us how they've all coped with what's happened to you? Or what happened to you? Yeah, definitely. Uh, going back, another thing, uh, going back to my charity quickly, um, I would also like to give this assistance to the police stations as well, because I know, like, having worked in the, you know, drop-in centre sort of scenario, you know, sometimes people rock up, they've sold themselves or they're, you know, Yep. stolen or whatever so that's another thing i would love to do uh, that's been a bit of a struggle to go through the police station i'm sure they've got so many things already to do and they're like oh we can't handle this it's too much that's that's another thing i would like to um you know to happen <laughs> so to speak but well, um, well what where that could um happen is that i know there's quite a a, a lot of police from sex offense and child abuse units yeah. um, and domestic and family violence yeah. uh, units that listen to my podcast so if anyone out there um could support gloria we c- i can get you in touch with gloria but what what a as I said, what a beautiful sentiment, and I think um, the the sockets in particular would be um, it, it's just a lovely gesture for somebody that is going through the worst day or time of their lives. Yeah. So There's something yes, to have somebody at, something to have at the station. You can just go here. You know, you make it feel better. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, I think it's lovely. So, um, yeah, so tell us about how your kids and your former husband, how have they um, coped with all this? Uh, I have, I've sheltered, I sheltered my kids, I think, um, fairly well, I would say. Um, Mm -hmm. And I, I'm, even my mother-in-law stated that once. She goes, she goes, I think you sheltered the kids really well. You protected them. And I'm like, thanks. <laughs> it's only for you. you think you're doing the right job, right? But then somebody else sort of affirms it. You kind of feel like, okay, maybe I did. <laughs> um, and so I, I think they were also my lifeline in some ways. It gave me the, uh, you know, it gave me the strength to get up every day to, you know, take them to school. It gives a routine, you know, as a mother. Um, yep. I kept you a bit grounded. Do you think? Yes, definitely, definitely. You know, yeah. growing tantrums and teenage stuff and dramas, and he's pulling my hair and she's pulling my hair and <laughs> all that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah. playing you and peacekeeper all the time, um, <laughs> and uh, you know, be just being a parent, and definitely, but. I also feel feel sometimes of you know I failed them in some ways I could not be so present you know I was so distracted you know just hard to be present trying to stay alive and then be a parent as well um, that was definitely quite difficult and I still struggle with that I still struggle with that um, now they're grown up it's a bit easier but you know it's still a struggle um, my ex husband he was you know very fairly supportive 
um, understanding between, you know, going trials and here and there. So taking the kids. So um, thankfully that worked because of our good relationship uh, we maintained. Um, yeah, and they came actually, yeah, the kids and my ex-husband, they actually came on the day of sentencing because I think it was a closure for them as well because yeah, uh, they, were, yeah. they were hearing that mom goes away to Sydney for a court case and what is all this about? So, you know, I think it was mm-hmm. a good closure for my I thought. That's what I think or thought. Yeah, um, yeah. yeah, and yeah, so yeah, definitely. And yeah, my mother-in-law was very helpful as well. I remember for the first month or so, I could not uh, sleep alone in the house. So she would come and stay with me. And oh, so, yeah. Really? Yes. Yeah. And, yeah, definitely. Very supportive in-laws. Well, we'd like to, uh, or I would like to, you know, give a thank you to your former husband, your in-laws and your, your kids for mm. the support they've given you. But it does sound like that you have had a lot of support. But I think sometimes, Gloria, you get out of life what you give and you give a lot and I'm no, I know you don't ask for this but I think, you know, we make, what do they say, something like we make our own beds. Yeah. Like you've made, you know, a, a great life for your kids and you've separated from your husband. That happens all the time. But um, it's not nasty but I doubt you've got a nasty bone in your body, but um, uh, look. Uh, in coming to a close, in coming to a close, Gloria, um, how has the crime committed against you changed or affected you? And do you have any advice for other victims of crime who I have no doubt will be listening today? Oh, it has completely altered my life, uh, but at the same time it has given me also a lot of good that it has given me perspective to help others to understand. Uh, You can go through a process, you know, it's uh, as we keep hearing this term, you know, the silver lining, if we look hard enough, we find the silver lining. It may take 20 years, but you will find it if you look hard enough, I guess. (laughs) Uh, It'll it'll squeeze the life out of you, but you will find it if you look hard enough. I think that's what I would say. Uh, yes, it is hard. Yes, uh, you know, getting up, getting up every day. I do understand everybody is not me, and I and I keep saying that as well all the time when I talk to people, even just telling my story. I do understand I am different. I'm, uh, you know, I see the world differently, but I I can encouraged to uh, see the victims in a different way. What they have done, that is upon them. That's not your fault. Um, that's not on you. But you can look after yourself. And, and you know, when you look after yourself, then you're also looking after the people around you as well. Because, if you know, I yes, stuff happened to me. I could have, you know, go into the pit and wallow but then I would not be a you know better mom I think so that's you can be selfish I I guess I do I do take time to be selfish and look after myself I have to um but uh 
that that's not selfish though gloria like i think we need to look after ourselves first to be there for others oh, I mean, we're that, no good yeah definitely i guess that's i was i i say that because as victims we feel like that so yes to it may seem that way but in when we look after self, ourselves then we are looking after others as well because if we are whole then we can give that wholeness to others if you're healed then you can help others heal that's the way i see it um, yeah i think you're right and um there was one thing i forgot to mention yeah. that um just talking about you and forgiveness and everything you told me the other day that you've returned to the soup kitchen yes to clear to do continue doing what you clearly love um but again it just illustrates that inner strength that resilience and compassion that you possess can you tell us about um just the decision about returning to a place where i imagine caused you a lot of grief and trauma and how you're finding it uh yes definitely um i i think i don't see is a place that caused me trauma there was a one part of it an element somebody from there did it so it's not yep. their fault um but uh i returned to the drop ins pretty much a month after um the incident because i also knew if i didn't i would collapse um you know it gave me a routine and also it also gave gave your purpose gave me a purpose but i also believe uh when you serve you heal because you're not you know inwardly centered then you're just giving out and i've found so much healing in giving than just receiving because then if when you just receiving then i guess you kind of get that entitlement mentality as well then you you know the world owes you everything or everybody else owes you something and uh yeah i i definitely found so much healing in giving it also gives perspective there are other people suffering as well and you're not the only one and then you get to share the pain and cry with them and yeah we cry together <laughs> so i mean that's what the world is about is sharing and caring together and that's what communities are you you know learning to lean on each other and uh, yeah i'm still on the i'm still on the board of the suspicion and i i guess i'm not hands on doing the cooking and all the other stuff but uh, i definitely enjoy going there i still go there once a week and i still go give haircuts to some of the people i've been giving haircuts for the last 13 years i think <laughs> um, yeah and just fill in wherever uh, yeah they need help uh, and i i i love people I think so that's also drives me I love people I love that shines that shines through Gloria I love people I love see them grow I love seeing seeing yep. see them heal and yeah just be the love they never received you know uh and yeah. and yeah just make the oh. world a better place mm. Yeah, and you are, Gloria. Gloria, looking closing, um thank you for sharing your story. It's pretty difficult listening but your experience can't be in vain and for no reason we have to improve the path for victims of crime in any way we can be that big or small and for those victims out there who are having trouble coping but doing the very best they can thank you um, from them 
thank you for your strength, courage and bravery. You really are one of a kind, Gloria. Thank you for having me and thank you for listening to my story. Uh, Thank you. You take care. You too. As you've probably noticed, we've moved to a new platform called ACAST. I think that's the right expression, I've got no idea. And my previous reviews haven't transferred over. I need reviews. (laughs) Could you do me a favour and put up a review? And thank you so much for your support and patronage. With your help, I can give you that little bit extra. Thanks. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinarian developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.